In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Shut the f*** up. How about your f***ing band? Dude, stop acting like you're the number one guy in this group, man. I'm the number one guy in this group. Are you kidding me, Jax? What's up, folks? It is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Tuesday episode that, of course, was the infamous scene from Vanderpump Rules where Jax informed Tom Sandoval that he was the number one guy in the group. Truly an iconic moment in reality show and pop culture history, and we had to start the show with something amazing. So that's where we're going to start. How the heck are you guys doing today? Thank you so much for being here whenever, wherever you're listening. I hope you enjoyed Monday's episode. It was a real mishmash of pop culture. Blocked by Jax, one of my favorite Instagram accounts. We talked all things Bravo. I got to talk more about my mom, and it was an all-around just gigantic show, which that's what we like to do on Mondays. Tuesday, we're going to do some pop culture stories, and then I've got an amazing guest. I've got Sammy Sage one of the co-founders of Betches, and she hosts two of their podcasts, and I just had the best conversation with her. We recorded this last week, so uh, we talk a lot about Taylor Swift and her concert and things like that, but we didn't even we didn't even know what was awaiting us in terms of Taylor's big day at the NFL Sports Stadium in Kansas City with the player Travis Kelsey. So the, we talk all these kind of pop culture stories. We talk about Betches, which I just... Truly cannot say enough good things about. Uh, I can't wait to go back to the office tomorrow. Um, but let me tell you a little bit about my day. It has been an insane day. It's Monday. Monday. I'm in New York still. It's gloomy as heck. It's been raining for two days straight. And I got to tell you, I'm over the doom and gloom of the rain. Sometimes you got to be in a really great mood to enjoy the rain. And if you're not, it can just mess with you. You can just look out and just be like, oh, woe is me. I'm so emotional. I'm in my feelings like Drake. So I can't wait for the sun to come back again. I hear the sun should maybe be here on Wednesday. Who knows? I'm praying that I wake up tomorrow, today, on Tuesday, and that it's sun shining. So I hope the sun is where you're at. Uh, if you want to help this show, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and then just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. we got tons of great interviews coming at you this week. We'll do a recap of Salt Lake towards the end of the week. If you want more, go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Okay, the commercials are out of the way. Let me tell you about my day. Now, I got to do something for the first time today. 
I finally lost my virginity. No, 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 no. I lost my virginity for seeing Watch What Happens Live in person. I got to go see Watch What Happens Live. Uh, I can't really, I mean, listen, it was amazing. I can't tell you who I saw. I'm not supposed to tell you. I'm not supposed to talk about it until the end of the week. So I'll tell you more about that. But I will say, I was just in heaven. It it, it was like, it, it, God, I almost teared up. It was just like, whole, I'm in the clubhouse. And it's like, I watch, watch what happens live every night. I always talk about this. I love it. I love that show so much. I genuinely, it's the only talk show I do not miss an episode out like of. Um, uh, a guy that works there, he does their social media, Frank Costa. I don't think you listen, Frank, but if you do, thank you. I got to see him. Uh, that was amazing. And I got to see why I started with that Jax clip. Jax Taylor donated his chunky sweater that he tore off in that Vegas strip mall in that iconic episode in the first season of Vanderpump Rules. It's framed in the hallways where Watch What Happens Live tapes. And I got to take a picture with it. I didn't cry, but I do I do this crazy thing when I pose in photos. I either do like straight face because I don't like how I smile. So I'm like, I, I try to look really intense like Zoolander or I do this weird thing, even though I, I know it doesn't look good, but I can't do, I just like leave my mouth open. Like I'm in just like, Oh my God. And it never looks good yet. I never stopped doing it. So I took a selfie with the Jack sweater and I'm doing this face. Like I'm possessed by some like hot dog eating demon. Like it looks like I'm about to shove 13 hot dogs in my mouth, but I was just so excited to see the damn sweater. So I got to do that. Right. And then I had to rush back because I was interviewing two of the cast members from the second season of Netflix's Selling the OC. And then I'm actually talking to two more of the cast members today. So I was talking to Netflix and I was talking to the cast members and that was crazy. That was wild. I never, you know, what's so interesting folks is that half of these people like Jared Freed last week, or like I'll talk to him for the first time and I'm a pretty nervous guy. You know that. So like, I want, I want it to be good. And like, I don't go up to random strangers on the street and try to like start conversations with them. So it goes against any kind of, <laughs> it goes against any kind of like normal rule you would have for yourself. Like I just wouldn't go up to somebody and interview them. And then all of a sudden you're put in these positions. And so it's like nerve wracking and it's, it, it's exciting. You're hoping you're do you're doing good for them and for Netflix and for you guys, the listening audience. I'm hoping you, all these thoughts are going through your head when you're doing these things. And then I finished that and I had an hour break and guess whose podcast I'm going on on Thursday. Well, it, we, we recorded it today. It, it airs on Thursday. <laughs> Melissa Gorga from Real Housewives of New Jersey. Yeah. Her podcast on display with Melissa Gorga. I am on her. I'm her. I'm her. I'm her only guest on this Thursday's episode. Melissa Gorga does not know who I am. Did not know who I am before today. And I was so nervous for this because that's I'm. Mean, you're like, I've watched every episode of Real Housewives of New Jersey. I've watched, I've, I have a first edition copy of Joey Gorga's The Gorga Guide to Success. And I got to tell you, Melissa, well, I think she cracked up when she realized I have seen every episode. I, I do watch The Housewives and we had a great conversation and she shocked the hell out of me, you guys. She realized that, uh, you know, I have Joey Gorga's book and guess what? She called Joey Gorga. She's like, Joey, get in here. And I got to meet Joey Gorga. You're going to hear, I, I think that'll make the podcast, but you're going to hear me and Joey Gorga meet. I, I start interviewing him about his Instagram account, 
which I'm a huge fan of his Instagram account. We talk about his standup. It was, I felt you guys, I thought I was, I felt like I was stroking out. I, I was like, I, I have, I'm flying too close to the sun. I'm flying too close to the sun. I was so high after that interview and I was so excited. I talked, I, I you guys know this. I over talked on that because I was just so excited. I could not believe that Melissa Gorga said my name. Like I was I, like, what's going on? I could not believe it. And then to meet Joey Gorga on top of that. And I got to kind of poke around what's going on with Real Housewives of New Jersey right now. Whoo. Did you guys hear this? They made an announcement today that they have suspended Jennifer Aiden and, uh, and, and, and Danielle, um, they, they, they've suspended both of them because of this alleged fight that happened last week involving a glass potentially. Uh, so Danielle Cabral, maybe allegedly, we don't know if it was a plastic glass, a glass. There's so many stories out there. And that's why I hesitate to report on this because I don't have like hard facts, but I always say this to you guys, whatever is going on in Jersey. I told Melissa, I said, I would be scared shitless to, to film your show every season. I was like, do you have stomach aches filming your show every season? Cause God knows I would not be able to handle that. So yeah, they suppose Bravo supposed supposedly suspended Jennifer Aiden and Danielle Cabral over what happened this past week. And I guess Bravo is really stepping up going like, listen, we're not going to have any crazy behavior going down. And I think that's, that's, that's good. Overall, that's good because you don't want any of these cast members to feel that it's okay to go and just hit somebody in the face. <laughs> you know, like we don't want it to be the bad girls club. We want it to be the housewives. So it'll be interesting to hear more information about this. But that's the frustrating thing, too, that I talked about with Melissa, is that half the information we get about these shows, we never know if it's actually true or not. And then the season rolls around, and half the things that we speculated on, that we tweeted about, it turns out to be wrong. So we get all upset for nothing. But I'm very curious to hear about the details. I'm sure we will be hearing more about that as uh, the week continues, Le I mean, God, it's Jersey's probably still like six months away. Uh, so that happened. I hope you'll all tune in for that episode on Thursday. I, I, it was, it was truly, it was truly, it was truly amazing. So, and that's because of you guys. Thank you. Thank you for putting me in this position. Thank you for getting me here. Like I owe you guys a lot. So thank you. Thank you for all the nice messages about today's episode. Thank you for all the nice words about my mom. As usual, you guys really always show up uh, about that. And I was just, uh, was just talking, I, I, you know, having said all that, like, that's what an amazing day, right? And I have this issue right now is that I need to be more thankful in my life. When I'm talking with you guys on the mic, I'm so thankful to be here and I, I can truly feel that. But when I turn the mic off, sometimes I just worry and sometimes I just get kind of in a funk and I don't stop there and really think about how many amazing things are happening and how I should appreciate every moment because that's easier said than done, right? We do that in our own life. You guys do that too. You don't realize how amazing you, you're, you, you have it right now until after that moment passes. So I'm really praying that uh, I can I can really wake up to be in this moment right now and really appreciate that. And I do know things are not great in other capacities of my life, like a lot of our lives. 
and uh, not to let those kind of negative negative thoughts overtake me. I mean, respect them, acknowledge them, but also realize so many just blessings are happening right now. So, anyways, I always overshare with you guys, and and some of you like that. So I'm just keep going to continue to overshare, folks. Summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Um, let's see what else is going on. I just watched the first episode of Special Forces on Fox. Now, you're like, Ryan, what is Special Forces? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's a reality, it's a competition reality TV series. They had a first season on last year. This is their second season. So what they do is they take a bunch of quote-unquote stars, a lot of reality stars and, and things like that, and then they... They ship them off to New Zealand and then they pretty much throw them out of helicopters and they make them cross drawbridges and just hope that they don't hurt themselves. And it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, I'm listening. I'm, I'm trying to do, did I like it? It's, it's only the first episode. I didn't see, I didn't see, <laughs> I didn't see the uh, first season, but of course I wanted to watch this because as we all know, if you're not been living under a rock, Tom Sandoval, dude, he is one of the cast members on Special Forces. Because I'm assuming if I was in Tom's position, I would need some money. And these things do pay money. He says that he's there because he wants to be punished. That's in like the trailer, um, you know, and that the world is mad at him right now. And, uh, you know, but regardless, at the end of the day, all of these people are there to make money. And that that's not bad. I'm not saying that's bad, but it's just wild. I mean, so this, this is the celebrities on this show. You got Nick Vialli, you got Jojo Siwa. I love Jojo Siwa. I've always been a big Jojo head. I think she's great. Uh, so it's good to see her. She's like almost, it's almost 20 years old. Jojo is just growing up way too fast. You've got, um, <laughs> you got, uh, Oh, sorry, somebody just DM'd me. I saw the Say Bible ladies just DM'd me and I saw what they're, they were DMing me about Taylor and I'm scared to open it up, Taylor Swift. Uh, you got Kelly Rizzo, you got Tara Reed, Tara Reed, you got Jack Osborne, Jack Osborne, legend. You got Bodie Miller, you got Aaron Jackson, Robert Ori, Brian Austin Green from 90210, you got Black China, you got Savannah Chrisley, you got Tyler Cameron. Every girl and guy thinks Tyler Cameron is just a, a god among men because of his abs. And, you know, like he is, but it's still frustrating. It's still, as an average looking man, it's frustrating to watch beautiful men like that. And then you got Des Bryant. 
Um, so they all get shipped off to New Zealand. <laughs> they get shipped off to New Zealand. And we have a couple of scenes with Tom in like, they're shipping them off in some kind of van. And then like a big explosion happens. Like they do this big, like explosion effect thing. And all the guy, all the celebrities are like, Whoa, oh no. And it's really cold and miserable. And it even looks cold and miserable. It looks really dark and gloomy, like New York right now. I will say Tom Sandoval, since we do focus on reality shows and I'm watching because of him, he does seem to be the most supportive. Like when everybody was, they, they had to do this thing where they were crossing like, on like a tiny bridge and everybody was falling to their deaths, but they're on like bungee cords. So they're not actually dying, which is, you know, that's going to be next actually reality shows where people actually physically get hurt like squid game. Um, so Tom Sandoval is the most supportive. Like he'll be like, Oh dude, you almost made it dude. Yeah. Um, so this is just the first episode. It, I kind of, I was in it, but then it's, you know, they've got like a, like a bunch of drill sergeants and they'd be like, who are you, man? Where do I know you from? And Tom's like, from real, I'm, I'm in a reality show, dude. He's like, well, this isn't real. Well, welcome to reality. And, and then he was like, oh, everybody's pretty mad at me right now. I used to be known as Sandoval, but now I'm known as Scandoval. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Everybody's going to like Tom, I'm predicting, by the end of this Vanderpump Rules season. But it'll be interesting to see the journey to get there. Who knows? I will say the, the thing that I liked the most about this episode, at the very end, Black China gets into a fight with Brian Austin Green. She's like, yeah, what's up, funny man? And I'm like, I've never thought of Brian Austin Green as a, the funny man. I, I think of him as David Silver from 90210. But Black China's like, yeah, you better watch who you're stepping to. And I'm like, no, if I will, like, Brian Austin, I, that's how warped these shows are when they put a bunch of like B and C level celebrities together. Then they actually start fighting with each other. Like I never in my life, if I was watching all, like the third season of 90210 when I was a kid, I never could have predicted that one day there would be a lady named Black China. And they would be on a reality show called Special Forces and Black China would get into it with Brian Austin Green. So for that, like that truly is a so bad it's good moment because it's something that you don't necessarily want to see. But once you see it, you're like, well, that's kind of funny because it's kind of scary and kind of sad and kind of real. The other thing is Tara Reid keeps like, she's like, oh, I just don't have the energy that I used to in my teens. Like none of us do, Tara. Tara's like 47 years old now. And I felt really bad for Tara Reid. And that's the thing about these shows when they put all of them together like this. You know, like thinking about reality shows like Surreal Life, like Celebrity Fit Club back in the day. It's like fun to see celebrity do, celebrities do something different, but there's sometimes an innate sadness in it because you sit there and go, oh my God, do they need the money? How's their, you know, like, are they not working enough? You get worried for them. And then you think about all the good times you've had watching them over the years. Of course, Tara Reid, the American Pie movies. I mean, you, she had all her partying or nightlife. I will tell you this once. I was once a reader in an audition uh, like for like a casting director. And it was for like a, an hour long drama about football players. And Tara Reed came in and I was expecting her to be like horrible. Cause it was like after like the, like she was like partying and stuff. I will tell you Tara Reed's acting blew me away. I thought she was excellent. I mean, she didn't get the part, but I was like shocked. I was like, damn, this girl really knows how to act. That was so long ago, but you know what I'm saying? You, you, you're sitting there going, 
what have Tara, what have you been doing the last decade? Like what's going on? Are you okay? And then you think about Jojo Siwa, I mean, coming up in like dance mobs, dance moms, Abby Lee Miller, and then seeing how her career took off and then, you know, being brave enough to come out. And I mean, she went from making slime videos with Northwest you know, to, to being on special forces. And in a way she's trying to break, she's trying to break into adulthood, but at the same time, you're just like, Oh my God, have you grown enough? Have you grown up enough away from the public eye for this to even be safe for you? I don't know. These are all the weird thoughts that went through my head watching special forces on Fox, but what did you guys watch it? Are you going to watch it? I think I'll check in with it every now and then, but it's another thing. Like when they did stars on Mars with Tom Schwartz, like that lasted way too long. I watched like the first couple of weeks and then it felt like it went on for five months. And every week I'd be like, oh my God, they're still on Mars. So I don't know how long special forces, like does special forces like last for like three months and it's going to lead directly into the new season of Vanderpump Rules. I don't know how any of that works. Reminder, tonight you've got the season premiere of Dancing with the Stars with Ari with Ariana Maddox. And and Mauricio Umansky, I'm not a big Dancing with the Stars head, but I will be tuning in to support. I will be supporting you. I will be encouraging you guys to vote for Ariana Maddox. And hell, Mauricio, let's see if we can get a voting block together. The only thing I'm not going to do is get uh, get you guys to vote for somebody that I think is just outrageously bad. Remember that season of American Idol? Who was the contestant? Was it San- Sanjaya? Do you guys remember Sanjaya? Sanjaya, I remember Howard Stern got every one of his listeners to vote for Sanjaya and kept Sanjaya in American Idol, even though he wasn't the most talented. And week after week, Simon Cowell would be like, bloody hell, are you kidding me? You're still here. It's just ridiculous. And then Randy would be like, it's a no for me, dog. And then Paula would just giggle. Oh, pop culture. What a long line of history we have to pull from. So that was tonight. What did you guys watch? Did you watch any of the things that I recommended uh, over the weekend? Oh, so much good stuff going on, right? Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. That's what I wanted to talk about also in regards to Dancing with the Stars was that there was a rumor going around that they were potentially going to have to postpone the season last week to honor the Writers Guild strike. But we got great news last night, which I talked about super briefly at the beginning of the show on Monday. The Writers Guild of America has reached a tentative deal with the studios, which will end the month-long strike. So this is this is amazing news. They still have to vote on it. Uh, it has to go through the Writers Guild and voting process. And the other thing that has to happen is we're now still dealing with the Actors Guild strike, the SAG, Screen Actors Guild, which I'm a part of. And the writers are so amazing because we banded together and they will not uh, they will not go back to work from what I understand uh, unless we go back to work. So they're going to be out there picketing for us, the actors, like we supported them, the writers, and hopefully we can get this all wrapped up. But that's great because we were really going to feel the glut of not having new shows. You weren't going to have your Saturday Night Lives. You weren't going to have your talk shows. Poor Drew Barrymore, not poor Drew Barrymore. She kind of made her own bed. 
But I will say it is uh, it is very funny that she made this bold proclamation that her show was going to continue. Then she got a huge backlash. She changed her mind. And then a week later, the strike ended. Like all Drew had to do was hold out for a week without making any kind of proclamations like she did. And she would have been fine. And now she made a footnote in her pop culture history. Those things, we, we, our memories are long. That's what these podcasts are about. So I just thought, how bizarre, but I'm so happy. I'm so happy for all my friends that are writers out there. I'm so happy for us, the viewing audiences. Writers are so important. They are one of the main, if not the main building block to, to things that we love, to things that we love to, to, to watch. So of course, I'm just over the moon about this and I can't wait to read the details. But what I'm hearing is that they got a really, really great deal. And I'm hoping the same great deal comes in for actors as well, because with artificial intelligence, it's really scary. Did you see that article today? Spotify has this beta program where they tested it on a couple really popular podcasts like Lex Friedman, and I'm, I'm forgetting the other example, but what they did is that they fed a bunch of their podcast episodes into the AI machine, the magic AI machine, and it simulates their voice. And then they're able to broadcast their podcast in any language on Spotify with that. Like, so I don't speak uh, French, but if you put my voice, put all these episodes into the magic AI machine, you could listen to me do so bad. It's good in French. Like, we, 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 Tom Sandoval, yeah, dude, like, could you, that's my French accent. Can you imagine? And which is kind of cool when you think about it, you're like, wow, more people can listen, but it's so scary to think that a machine could just be fed so many hours of your content and then pretty much do your voice. It's just wild. And that's a really scary, it's a scary technology that I hope we, we actually put some limits on. I really do. I think it's potentially really scary as we go into the future with all of this stuff. So, but anyways, the good news is we are close to the end of the strike. We can celebrate that. That is truly amazing. And our guest today is truly amazing. What a segue that is. I introduce her here in a second, but I just want to let you know that Sammy Sage is the best. Sammy Sage is the best. I had her on my show last year, like I tell you in the beginning. And uh, she just really inspires me as a person, as a podcaster, as a businesswoman. And I am so grateful to be here with Betches. And I just hope I, I can do good for them. In fact, Sandra just texted me. I, t- I paused uh, recording because she said that we uh, we were like thirteen, number 13 on the charts. And you guys, I, that just, I, I, man, that's amazing. Like, I hope we're going to, st- we will start getting in the top 10. But to be 13, to start, I mean, that's just flipping cool. Damn, I'm so that I'm going to be thankful for that right now. Anyways, you guys, here she is, our guest. Have the best Tuesday. Keep listening to So Bad It's Good. We have a brand new episode on Wednesday. Here she is, the one, the only, Sammy Sage. You guys, welcome back to So Bad It's Good. This whole week or this last week and a half has been just truly incredible. Uh, I started with Betches and... I feel like I've been doing one big commercial for Betches, but it's the most honest, forthright commercial that I possibly could do because this place, I think, is just a a big piece of gold. And when I oh. talked to our next guest um, uh, maybe a year ago, I had such a good vibe, and I had followed her online for a while, 
And I was shocked that she said yes to doing the program in the first place. And then I had such a great time speaking with her. And it was one of those things. My mom always told me to, you know, really uh, pay attention to the people that make you feel good, that inspire you, that make you want to work harder or try to figure out how they work so you can try to be as successful as they are one day. And this person was that for me. And I know this sounds already way too serious, but, we, you know, listen, we're going to talk a lot of pop culture. We're going to talk a lot of everything. But she is one of the founders of Betches. I mean, she is one of the founders, also hosts two amazing podcasts. I was just listening to her daily podcast, Morning Announcements, which is just kind of great. It's like a six-minute primer of everything you need to know going on politically that day, which I think is just – sometimes it's really smart to start your day that way. And then, of course – at Betches, which uh, she co-hosts with the other two founders of Betches. But this place, uh, I've been in this office, and we'll talk a little bit about it because I think it just really is a magical place. But without further ado, the one, the only, Sammy Sage. Sammy, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Are you got me on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I honestly, this, that is just the kindest, most amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you for I mean, I'm so happy to have you in our network and working with with you. You know, I've followed you for I uh, probably like two or three years now. It must have been more. I feel like I've been listening to you since like Sophie Ross started on your yeah. show. And no, I love, I love what you do. And honestly, I'll never I will never forget the when you first emailed me. Like it must have been a more a year ago. Yeah. And you just sent the kindest email. And I was like, what? A mensch. Like <laughs> this is just and and not just it wasn't just the email, you know, it it felt like a reflection of the person I've been listening to. And you're just you're so kind and humble. And the way that like you you've brought your mom into the show and you really have just done I love what you've made. Like you've made just such a beautiful little corner of the internet and I'm so And grateful. we're growing and I'm so glad yeah. to grow with you guys because what I wanted to explain to the audience, and I haven't really been able to fully explain it in detail, but what you guys have set up, you started this company, I believe, what, 2011? Is that right? Yes. And it's with your college friends, which is My just amazing. childhood friends. Childhood, like, sorry. Childhood friends, sorry. Who went to college. Oh, we're also college. I mean, childhood friends who started in college. So yeah, Childhood friends who yeah. started in college. Crazy. <laughs> and what you've built, it is just wild because when you go to the Betches offices, I mean, just the aesthetic, the design, like the, the, you know, you have quotes from the office, you have a mugshot wall of reality stars like Khloe Kardashian. You have these little rooms that are all labeled like the fish room or, <laughs> you know, beauty lab and laser. The, the attention to detail, I just geeked out so hard. It's like going to Comic-Con for pop culture people. And yet there is just this working environment where you guys, it's like this open working space, even though there's like little offices to tuck away in if you need to, but everybody's just out there sitting and rapping and like talking about work. But then you realize, that's what I said yesterday. I said, the work like people are talking about Vanderpump rules in here. And then I was like, oh my God, they're talking about stuff I talk about off hours. And then they're like, they're talking about it in regards of working. Yes, exactly. I mean, that is how this, that's how it all started. And that is why what you're saying about the rooms, like probably the most fun we've had that like the three of us as like a, for a work task was designing this office, like sitting and brainstorming the rooms is so, was so much fun. And it's, it's really like our brain embodied in a design space. And oh, so rarely do you get the chance to do that. It 
Honestly, I was sending like, my yeah. dad pictures yesterday because he loves, he's like a huge office head. And, uh, you know, because even in the studio I'm in now, you have the picture of Michael Scott on vacation with Jan yeah. and the picture on the beach. And I just like those little details. It makes you just really happy. And it's just such a free flowing and coming from some like I was doing, I, you know, I do a lot of this just by myself. So being able and what I had talked to you about initially was that I wanted to be a part of a team. I wanted to feel like I was part of a team or working for a greater good in some sense. And I know that sounds ridiculous when it talks about podcasting, but I wanted that feeling, especially to be able to learn from and have something to to shoot for. And this place is just perfect for that. Thank you. I mean, it's it, it's interesting you say that because I feel like the trend is more people going out on their own. And I totally understand. Like, sure. I totally understand that. But I think that it's kind of different for, you know, whatever you're your passion is, but the whole beauty of pop culture is talking about it. Yeah. It's, it's the like analysis of it. It, it makes it almost like academic. It's almost academic to me to talk about pop culture. Like we could be sitting in a course, a class about the Kardashians. Like that's how I feel when I listened to you and Emma and Julie yesterday. Was that yesterday's? Yeah. uh, I just listened yesterday. Yeah. Talking about it. I'm like, and you said it in the beginning, you're like, this is critical information to understanding our <laughs> yes. culture. And I totally am with you. It's it's how we make sense of things and it's how we make sense of people's values. And it is so much more than just like, look who wore what and that kind and of And you thing. can really sum up a person based on their pop culture opinions. You can sum up, you know, well, listen, I mean, and I know the obvious example right now, just because we're still coming off the heels of like Scandaval, just really how people responded to that. And I thought it was so interesting. I was talking to Taylor Lorenz yesterday and we, you know, she has a great book coming out. And at the end, she wanted extremely to talk- Extremely online. Yeah, extremely online. Great book. But she was talking about, uh, she wanted to talk about Vanderpump a little bit. And I'm like, heck yeah, let's talk about Vanderpump. But I thought it was so interesting, even in today's times where with Vanderpump, it was interesting how people, you know, this was potentially, I mean, this was done to Ariana in a sense. And then even as this went on, you started to see a little bit of a backlash of, well, why does she get all these endorsements? What did she do? She just got cheated on. I got cheated on and I didn't get any product endorsements. And I thought how interesting and what a really interesting mirror on our actual society that we still find a way to blame women at the end of the day. Oh, totally. I mean, the trends are deeply predictable. Like, and that's, and that's what I think if you are a watcher and a spectator in almost the like, in the serious way, I think that we are, where we're actually professionally spectating this, there is, you could have predicted that. That was so obvious. What was unpredictable was the reaction because there have been so many affairs on Bravo, even on that show. Yeah. And, but you couldn't, you couldn't have predicted that it would go as wild and mainstream as it did, where they'd be getting invited to the White House correspondence dinner. <laughs> like, that is so wild. Like, but no, isn't that great yeah. about pop culture? That's the so bad it's good of it all, is that yes. how ridiculous kind of is this, is that it's this basic thing that does happen to all of us, but it does elevate. And then it elevates not only Ariana, but then it elevates the rest of the cast. You had Lala there. You had Lisa was like, ah, nigga Lane, I've made it to the <laughs> White House. Can you believe it? I mean, this was just truly this touchstone moment after 10 seasons, Lisa Vanderpump is in the same room as a president and dignitaries. 
and you know she had, that was like kind of her destiny because yeah. she yes. even as like low rent as as her stuff went at times Vanderpump Dogs <laughs> she still was like the first person who was like I'm gonna make this a, I'm gonna make a space for gay rights before yes a thing everybody's doing and I'm gonna make stop you mean <laughs> yes yeah. and exactly like that was look. She, I don't, I wouldn't know about that if it wasn't for Lisa Vanderpump. Like 100%, she was, 100%. this was always kind of an angle that was open for her. And well, first of all, I just want to say like, when I think of your podcast, I think of the Nicolay, Nicolay, yeah. I, I can't do it. By the way, I've this, and you yeah. guys know I'm silly and I make, but you know, it's hard because I love to do hard hitting interviews, but I also love to be extremely silly. And my big bit, one of my big bits is Nicolay, we got to keep an eye on this Nicolay. I think he, is, Sandoval and Rachel got to move over because I think eventually it's Nicolay and Lisa Vanderpump. Look, maybe you want to do a collab with you. Want to do a collab? Oh God! I mean, okay, I'll, honestly, like even okay, everything you're saying, like when we started, you know, in 2015 when we started, like the Betches Sup now Betches News, that whole concept was based in bringing pop culture to serious things that like actually affect us. Yeah. And that I feel is what it's almost, I think, gone the other way where we now brought serious things into pop culture. And there's now like, I think now we're more conscious of how we speak about women and how we speak about people's bodies and how, you know, even though there was a backlash against Ariana, there is this consciousness that that backlash is senseless and, yeah. Irrational. At the end of the day. Well, that's what I'm saying. You you really then are able to pick your people out real quickly. Like you're like, okay, if you think that's ridiculous, then I probably don't mess with you that heavily, but I hope you can come around to my way of thinking or I think the correct way of thinking at some point. The other thing that I think reality shows have mirrored, or maybe this is the the you know, is that since the election and January 6th and things of that nature, you know, online, especially there is this, everything is, um, everything is a conspiracy. Everything is a setup. Everything is plotted out, planned. And we got that a lot with Vanderpump Rules this last season. And the fact that people couldn't believe this was real. People were like, no, this is staged. This is all staged. None of it's real. And I felt what a sad testament, because I think we are at that place in the world where Everything has gone so batshit crazy in certain ways that we now just assume that we are being lied to and that everything is a ploy to make more money, get better ratings, things of that nature. Well, the thing is, I don't think those people are wrong on the whole, but I think they're wrong on the specifics. And it is true that celebrities are, I don't want to say manipulating us, but like they're Deploy, they're doing their jobs, which is to deploy a public image. Yeah. And, you know, I'll give an example of Taylor Swift walking around New York City. She doesn't need to walk around New York City ever. If she disappeared for <laughs> exactly. six years, she disappeared for six years. No one knew where she was. She wants to be seen. If she's right. And I think that that is something that like, if, and this is, I guess, different with reality shows, but like just speaking about public figures in general. They can choose a lot of times what they put out there. Sometimes they can't. That doesn't mean they're always lying, but it does mean that they're trying to choose what to show and choose not what to show as we every single person on this planet does. We all yeah. do it. Even people who have private Instagram accounts. 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder they they do that to their that's what they do in their people do in their personal lives so it's not like that everyone's lying to us to make money it's that everyone is trying their best and trying to do kind of like Maybe that's not true. My point is, that's not true. Not everyone's trying their best. Wow. But not everything is a lie. Not everything is a lie. And even things that are lies can have a grain of truth. Yes. And it's about being a better buyer and a better consumer of what you're watching. And that's where, like, it comes to us to, like, be able to, like, interpret it and see through things because celebrities are going to do what they're going to do. You don't have to, you can have, you can perceive it as you want. Well, reality shows and pop culture in general, we're at such an interesting phase of all of this stuff because of social media and second screen technologies is that reality shows wouldn't exist in the form that they do today without second screen technology in the sense of we are in that driver's seat. There was a great book about reality shows by Danielle Lindemann that came out last year, I think called When Reality Hits, but she really is like reality shows and Bravo in particular, they live or die by audience reactions online. They live and die by memes. They live and die. And that's why even Vanderpump Rules, by any metric of success, I mean, any metric was a success. If you went on Twitter, if you went on uh, Instagram with the memes, if you went on, I mean, it was a podcasting boom. I mean, I, um, you know, I was getting better downloads for Vanderpump Rules than anything else. And it was the hunger was insatiable for that. And that's an interesting thing. If you go back to like the 1940s and look about movie stars back then, you had like the tattler or a couple kind of inquirer things. But the audience, you know, you would you would sit there and, and gossip with your girlfriends or your guy friends, but you didn't have it that public where we have our voice heard. And I think sometimes that's a really dangerous thing. And you see the anger that comes through 
from that. I just find it very interesting. And also, where do we go from here in terms of pop culture if we are this in the driver's seat? That's a great question. I I think what maybe I've noticed, because we're talking big, we're talking big pop culture, household names, real people with, in some yeah. cases, talent, in some cases, no talent, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but I think what we're actually seeing because of this, if you, for example, are on like Reddit snark threads, we've actually, <laughs> I think what, what actually this, that voice, that ability to like say anything about anyone and everyone puts everything out there. I think that's just created sort of like a new level of celebrity yeah. rather than made people. I, I think that it's kind of just changed the way that things are put out there. Like a celebrity can, has both their own personal social media and old media placements and strategies like pap walks and that kind of thing that they can use. So I think it's sort of just added like a new dimension for for people to put their messages out and and also more democratic types of celebrities. And we're also watching not just household names. We're watching like randoms who are like the popular kids that's the, the thing that blows that's the thing that blows my head it blows my mind and it, when i'm on tiktok or trying to be on tiktok that's sometimes the frustrating thing is that man i grew up you know we're, we're not gonna really have movie stars the way we used to have movie stars anymore there's only a handful of people and i would almost say musically more than anything else that are gonna have those kind of stranglehold grips like taylor swift like beyonce but other like you know or or soccer or football players like soccer players things like that but in terms of movie i was i keep using this example of talking to my nephew last month and i was saying what's your favorite movies da, da, da. and he's like ah, i don't really watch movies i watch youtube i watch my phone movies kind of boring da, da, da. and i was like wow there's a potential that that art form dies. Everybody will always be making movies, but in terms of like the theater going experience without Marvel, I mean, these things are something to like, just because something was heralded at one point, remember, you know, like Rome fell, like this is not promised to us. So you've got to really put your time and energy into what you love. But that's why Taylor Swift, and I know you're a huge Swifty. It's so impressive how she has managed to like lasso this energy like her fans did 33 million puzzles the other day to release <laughs> the titles of three bonus tracks or four bonus tracks five and honestly Ryan, <laughs> yeah, I how many did you do like puzzles. a million here's the thing i couldn't get it to work i couldn't i wanted to do more puzzles but i couldn't get them i it, it was glitching it, whatever i was not enough of a contributor to the puzzle doing as i wanted to be because of Google it didn't failure. matter. They were done matter. in less than They're a done. day. Like that's how it, 33 million puzzles. I mean, this wouldn't work for every fandom. Swifties are puzzlers. It's just who we are. We're looking <laughs> for Easter eggs. People are making connections. They're counting the days between October 2022 and October 2022. Seven. It's just like they're they're we're we're crazy a little bit, um, and I'm not even like amongst that level. Like I can't, I can't go there. Like I know I'm really. And into I feel the like lyrics. you're at a pretty big. You're a pretty big level in terms of fandom, and you can't even go to that level for Taylor. I, I mean, I love her. I well, I love. I'm really most interested in like her work. Like I love her work and how it ties into her life. I'm not. And I like her work ethic. I like her work yes. ethic is insane. Like I, it I truly. Love, yeah. I would love to watch like, does she just like not sleep and just like got to write? That's that. I, I once heard this story that John Mayer, like she once like wrote a song, like right in front of him. And he called her, I don't know if this is the proper term to use, like a songwriting savant. 
And she is. She is just wild. And like where I'm living with her is like I love analyzing her music in contrast – in. I guess, concert with what she's doing and what she must be like feeling. And like, it's just so about, the she must just be happening. like a live wire. She's like all just nerves, all emotion, all nerves. Like she must just feel things so deeply. And yes. I love the thought of that because sometimes I can't access my own emotions. So to like really champion somebody that seems to be able to acknowledge their emotions and then be able to make commerce on top of that. That's right. wild. It, it's just she is really good for what Lana Del Rey would call the culture. I think that she is just like, I I just have no words for it. And okay, I will say something else that I don't know if these things are tied together, but you were just saying how the um, you know, movie, the movie going experience might go away. I was so thinking the opposite. And I don't know if you and I'll tell you why I I was thinking it this way. So you know how they are now going to start restart talks on the writers' strike. And yeah. Stuff? So actually, there, okay. there. I was going to bring that up. Is that last night? There on on uh, threads and Twitter and all that stuff. They said that we might be coming near an end of the Writers Guild Actors Guild strike. So what I think happened is that they saw Taylor Swift do this direct deal with AMC Theaters. <laughs> yeah. Explain. To the, explain what she's doing with the movie. So she wants, so basically like if she wanted to go, she, the Aris Tour movie, she basically did a direct deal with AMC theaters and with just theaters in general that it would go, do, she's distributing it. She's making yeah. it and it's so going usually, straight to them. You guys, usually that's where Warner Brothers or Universal, they are distributors. They are a movie house that, that build, that take the product and then push that out to movie theaters. So Taylor Swift cut out that middle, cut out that distributor entirely. She's solely putting this out. Yes, exactly. And this is, yes, she cut out the distributor. And I think that that really freaked the studios out because they were like, wait, anyone who could afford to make a movie could just make a deal with AMC. Anyone. We could do it. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. And I think that was like, wait, we we don't, we're not needed. We're middlemen. We're skimming off the top. Anyone with a fucking camera and a good idea can make a movie and sell it to AMC. And that I think was where it would go, to be yeah. honest. I think it still could go that way. And so I think they're really afraid of that because they're now realizing shit. Well, you guys, we they're projecting a hundred, they're projecting over a hundred million dollar weekend box office. So the Taylor Swift era's movie will make on par with what a Marvel movie would do. I mean, granted, that's not going to happen for everybody. You can't have like some independent musician right now going out there making millions of dollars in a movie theater, but Taylor Swift is able to do that and put people in seats. Exactly. And I think that this is this is another reason I'm like really really into her these days and it's not even about her music like I've started learning more about how she did her her business how she's like run her whole Taylor Swift Yeah so like I geek out empire. on you in terms of business you geek yeah. out on her Yeah and honestly I geek out on her because we kind of did something a little bit similar not not entirely obviously these are like different businesses but it's kind of I think like if if I were Taylor Swift, I would do exactly what she did. And we kind of have done a little bit of what she did where it's like, you are the owner of your business and she doesn't, she has the, you know, all of her stuff is done internally, like her touring, you know, she has the record label, but as much of it, her management, her touring, her merch, 
Actually, I think she might do her merch contracted. But all of it, my point is that all of it is run as a small business internally. It's all super tight. The PR is internal, the management, all of her projects are run internally and she is the sole owner. So when she says, I'm going to pay out bonus bonuses of $50 million or to, to the drivers, to the drivers, she's literally taking what is her profit, hers. And she is saying, give that to the, like, that's an after business expense that I, I believe is how she goes about these things. And look, um, she's not doing anything stupid. You know, she's still making plenty of <laughs> she, money. She has the money to do this. But also the goodwill that buys, the 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 thought that it gives in the audience head of like you're so then like on – like you're never not on her side with the decisions that she makes usually. Well, people have plenty to say about her. I'm not – you know, I'm, she's not uh, perfect. No one's perfect. But she is – a. she could be – I think she could or will be a billionaire who – actually makes the thing that made her a billionaire. Yeah. And I think that that is what's so impressive to me. Like she didn't, she's not Elon Musk making a billion dollars on, cause I said it's a, worth a billion dollars or like Donald Trump doing. Yeah. Know? Not imaginary she's, valuation. Yeah. She makes music that there is enough demand for to make her this money. And I think that she doesn't want to be a billionaire. I think she knows that that label is like, uh, it yeah. goes in the private like jet Kim, world. Kim wants to be a billionaire. Yes. Kim gunned for Kylie that. wants yes. to be called a billionaire. But isn't it interesting? And I always make, and I'm not, I'm not saying this in a mean way, but it's like when you don't have a craft, money is your craft. Yes, money exactly. is the thing that you want to be good at. And right. Taylor has a craft. There is a craft, a foundation, which she can launch anything from because no matter what happens in uh, the stock market, no matter what happens, she will always be able to write music. You know, she is recession proof. And yes, what I and what I and and honestly, she breaks recessions. She yeah. every town she goes into, she pumps money into that economy. Literally, that is what again, that's what makes her my hero. Like there's more to it than and the other piece is that as much as she is was branded as a pop star and she has amazing style and she has amazing, you know, so, her performance is amazing. Her vocals like she's gotten so she's so at the top of her game. What I love about her is that she is at her heart a writer. And like that is where I connect to her, like just the ability to convey, to ex express through writ the written word is what's to me like, I, that's where I really am like, you are just, I am obsessed with her because of that. What did you think of Taylor at the VMAs? Now, she got a lot of memes made of her about this because, you know, she was there to to get a bunch of awards, obviously. The MTV Awards, I hate to break it to everybody, is, you know, it's, you kind of know if you're going to get an MTV uh, music award. You're not showing up there hoping and it doesn't happen. But she's there. She's sitting next to her, one of what it feels like a protege at this point, Ice Spice. And she is having the time of her life. It looks like she's having some vodka sodas, dancing and singing to Demi Lovato, to every song, freaking out about NSYNC. And just, I mean, you know, truly looking like she's having the time of her life. What did you think about Taylor at the VMAs? I mean, this is her, she's been like this at like tons of award shows. Yeah, this it's not is not new. like new behavior. She's a fan I, of music. Oh, she, right. She's a music, she's an artist artist. You know, she is just, she's, and I think that she, I think right now what we're seeing is an added level of confidence. Like she doesn't need, I mean, she is at the peak of validation, but I do think that she has like come into herself in a new way. And I think that's what we're watching and why it read as like fun and, 
entertaining rather than in the past people would be like, oh, she's so cringe. Also, the culture has evolved and people are – it's just like not cool to make fun of people, to yuck people's yums. And well, to, unless they're reality stars and then it's actually very yeah, cool to make fun of – I don't mean make fun of, of people like – I mean make fun of people who are being – Genuine. genuine. Yeah, that's what I always say is that if you love something, like I might not love it, but man, I will fight to protect your love of anything. Like, you know, be cringe all you want, man. Like, I love loving something. You know how much more fun it is it is to love something than to hate something? You know how much better it makes you feel to get excited about something? That's like the part of being in these offices. I wanted to be here because it's like I wanted to feel excitement. I wanted to feel something that made me want to wake up in the morning and just be like, heck. Yeah, I get to do this today. And if you love Taylor Swift, or if you love uh, my favorite Counting Crows, or if you don't listen to anybody that makes fun of that stuff, be secure in your choices because it made your heart feel good. Then that's good. Look, I you are you are right. But what you're what you're saying is like a mentally healthy perspective. And I think the people <laughs> who just who just like hold bitterness are not. That that's they don't feel they don't get the feels from being inspired or maybe they haven't found that thing or they're maybe not in that place where they can like feel that and they kind of yeah. have to be haters. But no, you know, it's funny that you say this Counting Crows. I wouldn't say Counting Crows falls into this um, genre, but my husband and I have a we like to listen to what we call shitty music and we have a playlist called the shitty playlist and it's like Nickelback and Daughtry and Creed <laughs> yeah. and we like listen to all like we're like okay well let's listen to the shitty playlist and like because we like it you know <laughs> the shitty playlist wait what kind of night constitutes listening to the shitty play do you are it's usually you, in the car okay it's a car playlist okay. and then we'll scream the words but yeah. also we do this too with like diners like we like a shitty diner like the less fancy the diner the like older and like more greasy the diner the thumbs better. up. Yes. Like, it's like you want that. You want it because of that. Look at this photograph. Yes. Like, no, I used to, there's like a handful of Nickelback songs that I still love to this they're day. Good. They're good. Just, but it is interesting good. in terms of <laughs> pop culture how things are cyclical where these things come back around. It's just that, you know, what's so, I guess one of the only good things about getting older is that you see how life comes back around, how yes. you have to like, and that's the other thing is that I always talk about this thought of like, did I just fall asleep for 12 years recently and just wake up? Because all of these things that I used to love disappeared and are coming back around. I mean, including, and I, a lot of people in sync in sync is potentially coming back around. They're on hot ones today, the YouTube eating hot wings show. And they're of course leading up to a song in the trolls sequel. Were you an in sync girl? What are your feelings on this? And I think it's interesting that it comes at a time where Justin Timberlake took a lot of hits, uh, obviously in the last couple of years in the press, you know, I always think, is this genuine? It looks like they're all like getting along with each other and having fun, but you want a reuniting of anything to be based upon real feelings and really wanting to, and not commerce. Yeah. I, I was an NSYNC <laughs> fan. I don't care right now. Um, I, I'm like, what okay. What happened to you, Sammy? What I happened just, to you? I just, cause like it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel genuine. Not not genuine. It just doesn't feel like I don't know. It feels so. I guess how else would they do it? I just don't find it to be interesting. 
I don't think there's anything like interesting about okay, we're reuniting for a song because Justin Timberlake was <laughs> in the truck. Like, like let's be like, <laughs> it would be one thing if Justin Timberlake were at the height of his career and he said, "I want to do a collab with my former bandmates." That would be interesting to yeah. me. Yeah, because that would be a cool performance that I want to watch. Not like Justin Timberlake gets desperate and. Um, well, I mean, listen, that's how we do I, like a lame song. Like it just, yeah. Well, I mean, I would be interested in terms of if they would actually decide to tour. And I would imagine if they did, it would be a Justin Timberlake concert that NSYNC uh, appears multiple times throughout. I just See, don't think he would, would give cool. up that power. I don't think he would give up the power to just do an NSYNC only tour. Right. And that would be cool if it were, if he were like interesting right now. But this is what's interesting about pop culture is that you're trying they're they're trying to find these ways. What is their who's their manager? Johnny Wright, I believe. And you know, they're finding these ways in terms of digital and like hot ones, the MTV you know, these things, and they're trying to work around the strike because they can't promote the trolls movie. So they're finding these ways to show that we're back. But even Lance and Joey, you know, they look like they got in shape in the last six months. They look this looks like it's been on the agenda for a minute. Except yeah, Jace, no. we need to hold JC down and cut his hair. That's my only <laughs> ask of all of this. I mean, Lance and Joey didn't disappear. They were never out entirely. Like, it's not like they yeah. had disappeared into oblivion. But I'm talking about their, like, mass singer kind of p- part of their career. Like, Lance had a pot. Lance has a podcast, things like that, instead of you are, you are one of the biggest boy bands in the world. Yeah, I mean, Lance has kind of always been... He's always following in Chris Kardashian, Chris Jenner's wake. You know, he's around. He's been on Vanderpump. He married Jackson Britney for the love of God. Okay, yeah, like Lance Bass is is around. I don't. I think Lance Bass was like, if anything, he was like the hook that made this possible because he had stayed fairly relevant. It's not and just also, Justin Timberlake and his like unknowns. But I would love to have them come back and then, you know, Lance be able to even talk more about his experience of being uh, uh, one of the first openly gay boy band members. Well, honestly, I think Lance Bass is the person who's going to make this way more interesting to me, has more potential to make this interesting than Justin Timberlake. But isn't it interesting when Taylor had that reaction at the VMAs when she went up to accept the award for her video and she was like, oh my God, you guys need to do something. The way she threw goodwill at them and then that video of her singing to Demi Lovato's heart attack. um, That's a great fucking song. Who can't? Oh my God, an amazing, that song is such a bop. But the fact, Demi needed that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like she needed that where her, her, uh, streaming shot up after that night and Taylor followed her the next day on Instagram they re-followed each other. I don't know if they, but like Taylor giving that goodwill to these people that she, you know, kind of came up with in a certain way really helps them in terms of the pop culture sphere, which I found fascinating. I mean, that's what I mean when I say she's an artist, artist, like, I, if I were Taylor Swift, I would have freaked out if I saw NSYNC in front of my eyes presenting me an award, too. Like, of as a 1989 born girl. That's just how <laughs> I would have freaked out. But my point is more about, like, it. okay, another reason I'm a little skeptical about it is because Britney Spears has a book coming out in a month. Yes. Uh, Pieces of Me, correct? Yes. October 23rd. And she – is this not a convenient distraction that will – uh, have the conversation about whatever Britney has to say in this book about Justin into Britney says stuff about Justin and Justin is part of the in sync comeback. Like it create none of it, 
none of it was accidental, as Taylor Swift would say. Um, she, <laughs> this is yeah. a cut to the meme of Charlie from It's Always Sunny. Like, this connects to this, this connects to this, it all connects. It, it's not even that it necessarily, like, connects. It's that if any celebrity is doing something, the, because they're already, like, rich enough, and they're all – someone like them, they're all – they don't need – they don't need money. They don't need to like pay their next bill. And I'm not talking about like the lesser members of Instinct. I'm talking about like Justin Timberlake and just most cele- most people yeah. we are would talk about here. They if they're doing something, there's a reason. And sometimes the reason is that they don't want you to see something else. That's often I think a strong reason why people do stuff. Um and that's kind of like what I always I'm always like, "Well, what's the other thing they don't want you to see?" And also who is in charge? I mean, like, do you think somebody like, you know, we can only speculate somebody like Justin Timberlake is really thinking, gaming this out for the next year? Or do you think his management is gaming this out of like, listen, we took the temperature on uh, Twitter and it's not going well for you this last year, Justin, and we need really something. And we got to also keep our eye on Britney's book. We got to keep our eye. Janet's coming back on tour. We got to keep our eyes on these things. I don't know if things are said in those words. You know Succession. You know you watch Succession. Yeah. Which, by the way, right. Rupert Murdoch. Peace out, buddy. Bye. <laughs> uh, and Lachlan, I hope you would uh, take a back seat as well. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know. But okay. So you know how, or also Kathy Hilton is a good example of this. <laughs> you know how people who are like of a certain class or status yeah. or position of power, they say things, but they don't say them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think that's how those conversations are had. Yeah. Just just head shakes. Head just shakes, wings. Illusions. You you know that you know right. how they are. It's but like not even that explicit. Like I think that we I can't do it because I don't I've never had to do it. Um <laughs> you'll know, that's when you know you made it, when you can speak about nothing, <laughs> about everything with no words. Um yeah. And that's how I think those conversations are had. I imagine someone of Justin Timberlake's stature is having like year, you know, regular strategy. I don't know if he's there. Think about it in terms of our own careers. I was talking about like how I came to be here and I'm like, I'm getting older. This is something I found later in life that I love to do, that I have a passion. But for Justin Timberlake, all he's known is, you know, he had that period of time with those guys working his butt off, you know, getting taken advantage of by uh, Lou Pearlman. And then they hit so big. Then obviously it's between him and JC to do that solo breakout. He breaks out, which now we see Harry Styles who broke out from one direction, but he did it. And those first two Justin albums were insane. I mean, just in terms of popularity, you could not escape this guy. Cry me a river. Are you kidding me? And then into sexy back, sexy back was almost deemed like a Prince song. It was like that funky. But then after that, you had the 2020 experience and then man of the woods. And then these things, Things start popping back up from his history in terms of Britney and Janet. And I would think like with anybody's career, when you start to hit or see middle age ahead of you, like we don't know what it's like to be a pop star. We will never know. We know no. what it's like in our own lives and there's a lot of pressure, but imagine having so much success and then starting to feel like you are losing it, but also then also getting older on top of that because getting older will mess your head no matter what you do for a living and no matter how successful you are. But imagine realizing like, well, what is, you know, it's like Forrest Gump, what is my destiny, mama? <laughs> like Justin must be like, it must be a mind fuck. Yeah. Well, that's why I think that, and okay, here's the difference. 
Justin has advisors. Justin has people who are who are keeping track, who are watching this for him. Justin, it's not like we who are like thinking to ourselves, maybe asking people around us like for their feedback. <laughs> like he has people who are making money off of him and like they're he's probably their biggest client. So they're thinking about this just as much as he is is my assumption. Yeah. And they know that that's their job, like regardless of whether he is big or I don't think it's like, oh, he has a contract and then it ends and he's like off on his own. Like, I think he's been with the same manager. I would assume he's been with the same teams for a few times. And I don't think he's like ending those contracts with them. And they, I don't know. I think it, this makes sense for him because it gives people like a nostalgic feeling rather than like a messed up feeling about his past. And I think that's what you want to hit is that nostalgia. Nostalgia can be such a powerful tool because it's based on what we talked about earlier, love. Love will always trump hate. It's not going to like feel like that at first. But when you can ha- when you can lead somebody towards love, and I know that sounds so corny, you're going to be a – that's a force multiplier in so many ways. I mean if you even want to bring it into like a more dark realm sociologically, it's like nostalgia – the love that you feel from nostalgia is often used to couch hate, you know, to couch the hate of a previous time in nostalgia so that you feel really good or the people who, you know, yeah. certain people feel really good about it and <laughs> others don't, you know, and that's what I think is, you know, I think that is an interesting kind of weaponized use of nostalgia weaponized use of I love that. It can that. be weaponized. That needs I will to be on a that. t-shirt. Weaponized use of nostalgia. Yeah. Um, Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. But by the way, Taylor Swift, though, when I think about her future, it's the only time where I would almost be like, you know, once again, she wins because in my head, like once she did, um, uh, not evermore, but um, folklore, folklore, once she yeah. did folklore and I was like, oh, she's like almost like, mellow alternative now like she's almost like she did the the, the bony bear track and i was like holy crap like she could do theater she could do, like i mean she hasn't even hit the carol king part of her career she hasn't even she could do a you know a doo-wop group at this point and she like the sky's the limit how old is she like 32 33 33 30. gonna be 34 i mean like you guys don't realize if you think about pop culture, there's never been anybody that's had this kind of power for this long and it still keeps growing. That's why it's interesting to compare her to people like the Kardashians when they don't have, when their skill is themselves and money, when somebody out there actually does have wares to sell and the wares they sell is something that they deeply love. She could go anywhere. She could literally go anywhere. She could write a book. She could direct. She That's could what I'm saying. Like, start a record 50s, label. 50s, 60s, 70s, we will have this entire future. In fact, this is what's so great about the Betches offices. Yesterday, I was talking to some of your staff, and I said, I, I, this is great. You get to have these conversations that I've been wanting to have. Like, like <laughs> hey, how could Taylor Swift blow it? Like, what could <sighs> Taylor – how could Taylor Swift blow it in any way right now? And my thing was like, well – I was like, if she dated Trump, if she dated <laughs> Trump, could she blow? And then we even said, it's you like know she what? Wouldn't, she like, might actually bring people around be like, you know what? Through her eyes, I really like him. Through her no. eyes, he's kind of sexy. Through her I, eyes. Uh, ugh. No, she. here's the thing. She wouldn't. I think the only way she would blow it would be if she's like, I am done working. I want to leave the public eye. 
And that's not blowing. But that's, that's not choice. even blowing it. That's she like... wrote about that choice in the lucky one on red. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, one of the um, uh, one of the vault tracks that uh, they did the thirty mil- three million puzzles for. It's called Sluts. Slut. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, my guess is that's going to be like a turnaround of how people called her that in the because of all the, the guys that she dated and they made fun of her for yeah or just the way slut is weaponized against women that's how i that's got what gotta be what it is do you have uh do you have 10 15 more minutes yes okay cool um i i know this is very taylor heavy but man she's like the best thing to talk about a couple more taylor things though i just want to terms you know, we can intellectualize this until we're blue in the face, but you actually went to the era's tour in Los Angeles. And by the way, uh, when I see Sammy next, I did make her a friendship bracelet. Uh, I was going to see her around that Taylor time. And I was going to, and it says baddie on it or oh baddies on it. So I have, I actually made a bracelet. That's how manly I am. I made a bracelet for Sammy Sage. That's how um, confident you are in your masculinity. That's, what the that's exactly is. what I, but by the way, I have these big, large meat hook hands and I was trying to string. <laughs> I've never made a bracelet before in my it's life. Hard. It's, it's hard. It's really hard. And I kept losing the little beads and I was like, yeah. how are these women doing this for these shows? Oh, labor of love. So how was, yeah. how was the experience? Cause it you was, looked like you had a blast. It was unreal. I will tell you, I'm so sorry. I didn't get to see you cause I was Honestly, really not feel. I was very unwell. I, and I, I had left a LA a day early. You might be. Uh, you might have had too good of a time potentially. No, no, no. I no. I was sick at the tour. Like I really didn't feel well at the concert. And See, like, I think Taylor sucked. Swift could heal you. Like you would like, have just taken the sickness out of your body. I mean. Yeah, like during the t- like <laughs> during, during the three the, and a half hours. Yeah. During the three and a half hours, I was like, okay, I don't want to like leave, <laughs> but I definitely was thinking like, I wish I felt better because this would be better if I felt better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and I just felt so terribly. Like, first of all, there's nowhere I want to be more than I want to be in L.A. Like, I love L.A. for vacation. I don't know. I don't know how I'd like living. I'm there. like that with New York but, right now. There's nowhere yeah, that I yeah. want to be in New York. I love L.A. and like the idea of leaving L.A. a day early pained me so much. But I needed to get home. I felt so 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 shitty. So it sucks. But the tour. Yeah, was, the tour. It's it's insane. It is. I hate when people describe things that are not a religious experience as a religious experience. But I do feel that that is the vibe, and it's. It's just, I, I I think it's, I don't know what to compare it with. Watching someone who is just so incredibly talented, such a grounded and like incredible performer. At the top of their game. At the top of their game, who you know they're having the best time and they, they never want to stop doing this. Yeah, she that unapologetically is, loves what she does, and most people don't love what they do, and that's weird to see. So it's something that you're like, wow, because even every everybody keeps saying to me, it's like three and a half hours where they're like, I was exhausted, and she kept going. Like I had to sit down, and she kept going. Oh, for sure. Oh no, there was like I sit, I was sitting down during like the the surprise songs because they're you know they're slower, and <laughs> they're she, slower. and like she. Yeah, I mean, I think it is special. She is a special person. How many times and did I you think- cry? At the Honestly. okay, I didn't cry the, the when I went in LA. I cried when I went the first time at the rain show. I cried probably twice. Oh wait, you were at the Nashville the rain, rain show? show? No, I was at the Gillette rain show. Oh okay, okay. And that was, I loved it. I, 
I feel, I wonder if this was because I was like not feeling well, but I loved the rain show. I thought it was so cool. Um, and I'm not like a person who deals with discomfort well. Like I don't, this is not me to want to stand in the rain for anything, but it was just so incredible. And the effects and the choreography and her, the way she makes it's because it's a huge stadium, but the show is not just made for the people who are in the first level. There's a different experience that you can see. So even if you have the worst seat, you are still getting makes an incredible yeah. show. I see that with Beyonce too. Like they, the way they viewed the, the way they put these shows together, that even when I'm looking at it online, the, the nosebleed seat still looks beautiful. Right. Like you're getting a different, you're getting an amazing show that is different than the people who are sitting lower. And it's not worse. It's just far, it's just farther, but it is so, so, so amazing to take in the whole stadium. Cause we were sitting up higher in the, during the rain show. I was on the floor during the LA show. And it's just a completely, it's a completely different wait, experience. Wait, wait, which song did you amazing. cry? Which song? Marjorie. Um, Marjorie is, when she sings about her grandmother, um, I want to think. I didn't cry during All Too Well. Um, I like that the, you said that, like, that's the normal one people cry at, but I kept it together. Yeah, yeah, no. I guess, I don't know if people cry during that. What was, what's in, um, what's in folklore? Uh, well, Champagne I mean, Problems. Yeah. That's, is that Evermore? I don't no, know. That's ever. Evermore. Champagne I problems. I don't know why that made me cry. But that's good. Feel feel your emotions. If you can't feel it sometimes in your own personal life, feel them through art and 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 all of that jazz. Uh, the, I wanted to jam this in before we leave here, though. Taylor Swift, like you said, is in the streets of New York, and I'm so angry because. On Monday, after my first day at the Betch's office, I was taken out to dinner uh, to celebrate at a restaurant called Via Carota. Mm, and, uh, you know, said, oh, really good Italian food. It was raining in New York. It was a really special day. And there was a couple of times sitting outside and I noticed what looked like secret servicemen, which all this also like Biden was in town too and Zelensky and all the, the stuff at the UN was happening. So I was like, they're oh, maybe they're the coming. Village. And then the next night, I don't know if these two things are connected. The next night, this Taylor Swift is at Via Carota with Sophie Turner, who is now in the process of getting a divorce with Joe Jonas, which is that's the photo we saw yesterday posted in every like pop culture you know, account ever was the photo of Sophie Turner and Taylor Swift. I was in the same area just 24 hours early. Honestly, she goes there a lot, I think. I think that is one of her spots. It's hard to get into. So it's not the kind of place we can, you know, just kind of go. Obviously, she can get in there anytime, but she that's a spot for her. She's always in the West Village. I am like, when do I get to that's right. I, like, I could just be walking around, but that's the crazy thing. I was at uh, Pastis uh, by myself on Saturday and I had the French onion soup, which I love. And then the Andy Cohen and Amy Sedaris were there later that night. And then I was walking around. I saw Malcolm Gladwell, uh, the writer. He was running around the neighborhood. I, I was like, this is amazing. And if Taylor Swift, if I could see Taylor Swift right now, that would be huge. And then what do you say to her? Do you say, hey, do you listen to podcasts? Like, what do you, do you watch <laughs> Bravo? What do you, what would you say to Taylor Swift? I would probably just like scream and turn around in front of her, actually. <laughs> like I would be too afraid. I would be like, I can't, this can't be the time I meet you. Like this yeah, can't be. It's not right. This is not right. No, this I'm is not, not how wearing I the it. right outfit. Like I can't walk up to you. I I don't know what I would say. I'd be like, 
we're born in the same year. I don't fucking know. Like, you know, <laughs> we're born in- Some lady just came up to me and said, we're born in the same year and then ran. <laughs> yeah. That would, I, I would actually, I think if I saw her, I'd be like, ah, and I would, exactly. I can picture my, that's, I would run in the opposite direction because I would be so, ah, yeah. I can't even think about it. Yeah. I really, yeah, it upsets my stomach to think about, but that it was, so she had this, this dinner with Sophie Turner. And then today we just got hit with news that Sophie Turner is making some moves in these, the divorce proceedings where she is petitioning to have the kids over there with her overseas in England. And I'm like, well, which by the way is like, did Taylor give her this idea dinner the other night? Like I, it's just on the tail end of this. I had the same thought, but then I was like, there's no way that that wasn't in motion with the lawyers at of least course not. a few days earlier. Yeah. But Sophie hasn't said anything. Even the she even the pop off with Taylor Swift is just we're friends. You know, I went out with my friend for dinner. But I also I just saw something on Pop Crave that said that um Sophie Turner found out through the media that Joe Jonas had filed for divorce. And that's in her new court documents that it's she filing from divorce. And now seems like this competition, like who does it first? Ariana Grande and Dalton Gomez, they uh, supposedly fi- filed, they said at the same time, <laughs> on Real Housewives of Atlanta, Drew and Ralph, if you guys watch that show, they supposedly raced to the courthouse to file and Drew beat Ralph. But what is it all of a sudden with the race to file to be the first one? And I, I just think that's interesting. Do you think it's I don't know enough about like family law to say that that maybe there's like a legal implication, but my feeling is that's probably more about who says what, who gets what in the headline, who's what order are your names, so and so files for divorce. Weirdly, I guess, I guess, I just critical. It's really this is their lives; they're public figures. But I mean, are you reading a paper and going like, ah? I was an Ariana Grande fan until I figured out Dalton filed first. And now, I mean, by the way, I've, no, <laughs> there's other things to be upset with Ariana about, but. But it creates, it all adds to an impression yeah. and it all adds to a certain narrative combined with other things that those, they have people who they're paying so much money to, to game out those implications. I don't know what they are because I don't know every factor they're considering. I don't know what the facts are. But there's just no way that it's like rent. Like it, there's no way that they're doing it just to do it. I mean, what do you think Joe Jonas, when he like flips on Instagram or wherever, he sees that picture of Taylor and Sophie. What do you think? I mean, his stomach did. I mean, I would have been have like, you like, do you had, think, have you, you ever seen he, something like that makes you feel the way you think that Joe Jonas felt? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's how that's, we felt. That, but that's what it's amazing. Like, do you, and do you think he calls Kevin? Do you think – who? which Joe bro do you think he called? Do you think he calls bonus Joe bro? Like who do you <laughs> think he calls to be like, guys, I need you guys right now because this is not fair? I think he calls an employee. I don't think he calls a family yeah. member. Like, I think he calls someone who he pays. <laughs> but, like, I always think of the Jonas Brothers. Like, I don't know. For me, I never had, like, a Joe Bro moment. Me but it is. What, by the way, I love watching all the, the women on my feed and the dudes that go to the Joe Bro stadium concerts, and they seem really excited, so I'm happy for them. But I always think of them not as a non-factor, but just something as non-dramatic. So it's interesting to watch this happen where it's like, oh, well, shit, we're really going to do this. This is going to be contentious now. Right. I mean, Joe Jonas, and I'm not the first person to have this sentiment, went from like, I have no opinion, no thoughts, seems like a cool guy because I think Sophie Turner is cool. Yeah. And um, now I'm just like, ooh, there's some like weird insecurity. Some things are 
not great. And I don't know what is. They're going to make the most intense Jonas Brothers album ever. A divorce Jonas Brothers album. uh, Confronting divorce. Do you have any musical talent? (laughs) I mean, so wouldn't it be great if Taylor puts Taylor puts Sophie on a bonus track for 1989? Right. Like, or maybe she has like a speaking part. Like, you know how sometimes she'll put a speaking part in. I don't think it'll be on 1989. Maybe it'll be on Reputation because I think she's in the middle of doing that. When like, will you Taylor know, release us from buying these Taylor's versions? I mean, like, it's amazing. But I, I mean, we, at we, the end, by the end of the, I think it'll be done by the end of the tour. Take that scooter. Um, you know, I'm going, just, by the way, I'm going to Stockholm to see her in May. I want to go first to Stockholm. Time, my first, my, my buddy and his husband bought me a ticket and said, hey, come on out. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I'm just uh, like, why? Why shouldn't? Why I couldn't get uh, tickets, you know, in the states. But I was like, yeah. Then I was like, is there something? Is it weird? Uh, like, uh, there's part of me that got like, as an American, should I see her over here? And then I was like, no, it'll be amazing anywhere. No, no, no. I, I don't know. That's not. <laughs> That's a, it's not my brand of patriotism. <laughs> yeah, it's Taylor made in America. Damn it. Yeah. Um, no, I want to go to Stockholm too. That was actually that's what I have my eyes on as like my you know possible my next stop is <laughs> Stockholm because I think I want to go. I think it's like kind of the most like economically feasible. smart yeah. feasible. And also, I think it's, I've never been there, so it's cool. Well, I was already pitching ideas to the Betches team. I was like, you know, I'm there, I'm making videos there, weird guy at the Taylor concert in Stockholm, I interview the stuff. I'm like, I mean, because I think what a, what a great experience that would be in just terms of how overseas, uh, how they perceive Taylor and how they consume pop culture, which is, you know, a lot of, I think she's one of those, sim, like one of those lightning rods where it is global, which I think is fascinating. I mean, it's, it's just about, it's, it's music. It's, it hits you. Yeah. But, um, I've taken so much of your time. Thank you so much, Sammy. But finally wait, wait, Ryan, on wait, Ryan, I do want to just add one more thing. Yeah. Just one more prediction. So go yeah. pretend that you didn't go, try to go out. Um, <laughs> one more prediction I have speaking of Taylor Swift and her American concerts. She has scheduled the final heiress show to be two days before the 2024 presidential election. And I think oh, wow. that was purposeful where's that at is it in it's in indiana oh which will be a battleground state won't that be indiana's like i think it's you know it it has potential to be yeah it's usually pretty red but like i don't believe there i think all red states are not all many red states are voter suppressed states yeah that's just my opinion gerrymandering at its finest yeah so i think that is an interest. That was an interesting choice for her, especially because I she didn't even did notice post, that. And yes, and yesterday was I think national was national voter voter registration. registration day, and she posted for that. So I think there's there's a there's an angle. Wouldn't it be insane? I was thinking about this in terms of the puzzles. If Taylor just tricked the audience and said, "Hey, I'm asking you guys to all come out and vote which album I should release next," and then <laughs> she gets everybody. You got to register here, just totally. But then it's just actually you're voting in the presidential election. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> she uses that power, and then like one of the things on she the ballot sets it is up her as album a polling place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wouldn't that be incredible? Because she early could do voting it. at the Taylor Swift shows. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, that would be. But thirty-three million people solved the uh, thirty-three million puzzles in less than a day. Are you kidding me? Maybe she should fucking run. She's oh, pretty... I mean, like, oh, she's no joke, no joke. Well, how oh, Howard Stern? Did... Oh, you have to be thirty-five, right? No, she. Well, she'll be thirty-five in twenty twenty-five, though. Howard Stern so... did this thing a long time ago where he 
almost ran, well, he started running for mayor of New York, I believe. And then he said, you know what, if I win, I'm just going to give it to the guy that I, you know, like that I'll hand it over to some guy I trust. But he had the popularity at this time that he was considered a real contender. And Taylor Swift, if she decided to do something like that, I know we all laugh and we go, that's ridiculous. But politics right now are ridiculous. So why couldn't something like that happen? I mean, I don't think it would happen because I don't think she wants to. And I think that like people would come after her like she doesn't have an education, like she doesn't have that. She's not educated for that. But in terms of reality of competence, hiring ability, uh, good planning, <laughs> uh, you know, good messaging, ability to engage people, she's better than anyone we have. She's more honest than anyone we have. She is, you know, you don't have to force her to part with her a dollar. And <laughs> just like she's she's good for the culture. Yes, good for the culture. Which I wanted to end with uh, on morning announcements. You were talking about something politically in terms of dress code in uh, in government right now is that. You know, because this John Fetterman uh, dresses comfy casual. Uh, I think he's like an old Navy man like myself. And mm -hmm. I'm I don't really care because I think politics are so ridiculous now anyways. And it's like, I don't care if you put on a suit and tie. You guys are all ridiculous. It doesn't if you put on a suit and tie at this point. Why are we even like Lauren Boebert's given hand jobs at Beetlejuice? Why do we care? Would you? And by the way, there is not a have you ever thought about having a dress code at the Betch's offices? That That's what I was. Gonna ask. No, exactly. What? Who cares? I I mean, first of all, like all of that just offends my sensibilities, like personally, like the idea of I know that there are like positive things in the idea of dress code, but like for me, it just it is so offensive. It is so opposite who I am, the I, the concept of a dress code and just forget that. Sure. John Fetterman is wearing hoodies and, and basketball shorts. Wasn't it cool when Mark Zuckerberg did it? Everyone thought it was so badass, so badass <laughs> when uh, the guy who controls all of our fucking news feeds was doing it. So John Fetterman, what, what's the problem with him? Here's my other question. If they want to institute a dress code, you know, like weddings have a dress code. Yeah. You know, I'm not against it for like a respect reason. If they want to institute a dress code act like people who fucking deserve that's to what I'm saying. You're, you, you, you're all of a sudden concerned with decorum like right, all of like, a sudden decorum is a part of yourselves is this going to be are we going to fight the culture wars in terms of what we dress like in politics Hundred people you, i mean that's what i'm saying you're fighting for the rights of women you're fighting like really that's what we're concerned with if somebody shows up in basketball shorts like my i feel like once again we always just look in the wrong direction and i do think sometimes both parties are, are, are you know are guilty of this but my god one of the stupidest things i heard today on your morning announcements was that and i just said how funny in the same week of that beetlejuice lauren bobert thing which i was talking about this last night too is that in the old days you would do something like that and you would have to quit you would you would resign and now that's just it's just commonplace. We are now making it commonplace to give hand jobs at Broadway shows. Right. As an elected official. As like an not, elected a, not, a high, not a high school teenager. She's making like, it cool. Right. It's just, and vaping. Right. As again, you're an elected official. You're a public figure. It's just she I completely. It's it's like, yeah, you're gonna and I said this in the morning announcements. It's like you wanna maintain that illusion after you defended people who came to the who came to the Senate floor on January 6th dressed like a fucking clown. Like you're going to, you, you've already blown this up. You've blown this up. You have lost your chance to claim decorum. 
when you thought it was acceptable and defended those people for who showed up that day smashing the Capitol. It's like, okay. We need Timberlake's people to talk to some of these people and actually get a plan, a plan that makes sense because none of this makes sense. It's like the messaging is all over the place. And that's what I like. I almost view it as pop culture now because it's so ridiculous. Reality stars don't even act like this. If you oh, saw totally. Jax Taylor vaping and feeling up a girl's boobs, you would be like, he's still doing that in the 10th season? You would be, <laughs> you would be, blow, it would just blow you off your coal mining ass. It, insane. Yeah, no, it is all overlapped. It used to be that like reality show is entering politics. Now it's politics is entering reality show. It's just, it's all one thing now. It's all just... <sighs> Clown show. Well, clown show on Crazy Street. Where you can listen and follow and read all about the clown show is everything to do with Betches, which is my new home. I hope we can one day have the Betches Awards because I already, we need like the I have 30. The Betches, exactly. I mean, I'm already thinking of so many different awards that we can give out. But Sammy, thank you for being one of the people that created such an amazing work environment. And uh, everybody from Sean to Anna, I, everybody has been just so amazing. And I keep thanking people and they're like, it's my job. And I'm like, uh, no, but you know, it's just, it's really wild to You're all, a of, a sudden, all of a sudden deal with people that are actually just passionate about what they do and trying to make something uh, a success. So thank you, Sammy. And, th and I hope you'll come back because we just tip of the iceberg here. Anytime. I love this. This is my favorite thing to talk about. So anytime you want me, I am here. Well, okay, we'll, so we'll talk much. to you next week. Uh, bye. Oh, guys, morning announcements at Betches. Uh, the new episode will be out. Or there's already a new episode out and morning announcement every day. Make sure you subscribe and rate five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I know that sounds ridiculous because you're like, why would it come? No, we need those things. And also the sponsors. Go support the sponsors. And that is it. And we will talk to you next time, Sammy. Thank you. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. 